0: Hi, this is dave and you're listening to reading with my brothers hey there brother long time no here uh i apologize for the long gap here through the holidays and then the month of january was challenging for us uh at, at our house with illness and injury and uh just lots of convening factors that made recording challenging and so I am coming to you very late with this next installment in the Thomas Watson book discussion, but my hope is to uh, get get this done for you tonight. This is uh, Sunday night, February 4th, and I hope to get most of this done for done for you tonight and edited so that you can have it in your podcast feed Monday or Tuesday at the very latest so you can listen uh, ahead of our meeting on thursday so it's uh that this in this episode we'll be looking at uh a man thoroughly trained in religion and a man who walks with god the next two sections for uh thomas watson's the godly man's picture we're almost done with his list of 24 characteristics so let's uh get these two knocked out tonight and uh in the next episode we'll finish up with Uh, the last characteristic and then some conclusions that watson gives of this discussion before we move on to the next chapter so uh let's get started section 22. a godly man is thoroughly trained in religion he obeys every command of god quote i have found david a man after mine own heart which shall fulfill all my will acts 13 22. in the greek it is all my wills a godly man strives to walk according to the full breadth and latitude of God's law every command has the same stamp of divine authority upon it and he who is godly will obey one command as well as another quote then shall I not be ashamed when I have uh, when I have respect to all thy commandments Psalm 119 verse 6 a godly man goes through all the body of religion as the Sun through all the signs of the zodiac Whoever is to play a ten-stringed instrument must strike every string or he will spoil all the music. The Ten Commandments may be compared to a ten-stringed instrument. We must obey every commandment, strike every string, or we cannot make any sweet music in religion. True, True obedience is filial. It is fitting that the child should obey the parent in all just and sober commands. God's laws are like the curtains of the tabernacle, which are looped together. They are like a chain of gold where all the links are coupled. A conscientious man will not willingly break one link of this chain. If one command is violated, the whole chain is broken. Whosoever shall keep the whole law yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. James 2.10 A voluntary breach of one of God's laws involves a man in the guilt and exposes him to the curse of the whole law. True obedience is entire and uniform. A good heart, like the needle, points the way in which the lodestone draws. This is one great difference between a child of God and a hypocrite. The hypocrite picks and chooses in religion. He will perform some duties which are easier and gratify his pride or interest, but other duties he takes no notice of. Quote, ye pay tithe of mint and anise, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith, Matthew twenty three twenty three. To sweat in some duties of religion and freeze in others is the symptom of a disordered Christian. Jehu was zealous in destroying the idolatry of Baal, but let the golden calves of Jeroboam stand. 2 Kings 10.29 This shows that men are not good in truth when they are good by halves. If your servant should do some of your work, you set him, and leave the rest undone, how would you like that? The Lord says, walk before me and be thou perfect. Genesis 17.1 How are our hearts perfect with God when we prevaricate with him? some things we will do and others we will leave undone he who is good is good universally quote here i am father command what you will quote from plautus there are 10 duties that god calls for which a godly man will conscientiously perform and indeed these duties may serve us may serve as so many other characteristics and touchstones to test our godliness by one a godly man will often be calling his heart to account. He takes the candle of the word and searches his innermost being. Quote, I commune with mine own heart, and my spirit makes diligent search. Psalm 77 6. A gracious soul searches whether there is any duty omitted, any sin cherished. He examines his evidences for heaven. As he will not take his gold on trust, so neither will he take his grace. He is a spiritual merchant. He casts, casts up the estate of his soul to see what he is worth. He sets his house in order. Frequent reckonings keep God and conscience friends. A carnal person cannot abide this heartwork. He is ignorant how the affairs go in his soul. He's like a man who is well acquainted with foreign parts but a stranger in his own country. Number two, a godly man is much in private prayer. He keeps his hours for private devotion. Jacob, when he was left alone, wrestled with God, Genesis thirty-two twenty-four. So when a gracious heart is alone, it wrestles in prayer and will not leave God till it has a blessing. A devout Christian exercises eyes of faith and knees of prayer. Hypocrites who have nothing of religion besides the frontispiece love to be seen. Christ has characterized them. They love to pray in the corners of the streets that they may be seen, Matthew 6, 5. The hypocrite is devout in the temple. There everyone will gaze at him, but he is a stranger to the secret communion with God. He is a saint in the church, but an atheist in private. A good Christian holds secret communication with heaven. Private prayer keeps up the trade of godliness. When private holiness is laid aside, a stab is given to the heart of religion. Number three, a godly man is diligent in his calling. He takes care to provide for his family. The church must not exclude the shop. Mr. Perkins said, Though a man is endued with excellent gifts, hears the word with reverence and receives the sacrament, yet if he does not practice the duties of his calling, all is sheer hypocrisy. Religion never did grant a patent for idleness. Quote, There are some which walk among you disorderly, not working at all. Them that are such, we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. Second Thessalonians 3 verses 11 and 12. The bread that tastes most sweet is obtained with most sweat. A godly man would rather fast than eat the bread of idleness. Vain professing Christians talk of living by faith, but do not live in a calling. They are like lilies of the field. They toil not, neither do they spin. Matthew 6, 28. An idle person is the devil's tennis ball, which he bandies up and down with temptation till at last the ball goes out of play. Number four. A godly man sits bounds to himself in things lawful. He is moderate in matters of recreation and diet. He takes only so much for the restoration of health as may the, the better dispose him for God's service. Jerome lived abstemiously. He, his diet was a few dried figs in cold water. And Augustine in his confessions says, Lord, thou hast taught me to go to my food as to a medicine. If the bridle of reason checks the appetite, Much more should the curbing bit of grace do so. The life of a sinner is brutish. The glutton feeds without fear, Jude 12, and the drunkard drinks without reason. Too much oil chokes the lamp, whereas a smaller quantity makes it burn more brightly. A godly man holds the golden bridle of temperance and will not allow his table to be a snare. Number five, a godly man is careful about moral righteousness. He makes conscience of equity as well as piety. The scripture has linked both together, quote, that we might serve him in holiness and righteousness, Luke 1, 74 and 75. Holiness, there is the first table. Righteousness, there is the second table. Though a man may be morally righteous and not godly, yet no one can be godly unless he is morally righteous. This moral righteousness is seen in our dealings with men. A good man observes the golden maxim, whatever whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. Matthew seven twelve. There is a threefold ju- excuse me. There is a threefold injustice in business matters. Number one, using false weights. quote, The balances of deceit are in his hand. Hosea twelve seven. Men by making their weights lighter make their sin heavier. They make the ephah small. Amos eight five. The ephah was a measure they used in selling. They made the ephah small. They gave but scant measure. A godly man who takes the Bible in one hand dared not use false weights in another. Second, debasing a commodity. They sell the refuse of the wheat, Amos 8, 6. They would pick out the best grains of the wheat and sell the worst at the same price as they did the best. Quote, thy wine is mixed with water, Isaiah one twenty two. They adulterated their wine, yet made their customers believe it came from the pure grape. Third, taking a great deal more than the commodity is worth. Quote, If thou sell aught unto thy neighbor, ye shall not oppress one another. Leviticus 25.14 A godly man deals exactly, but not exactingly. He will sell so as to help himself, but not to damn another. His motto is, A conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. Acts 24.16 The hypocrite separates these two which God has joined together, righteousness and holiness. He he pretends to be pure, but is not just. It brings religion into contempt when men hang out Christ's colors, yet will use fraudulent circumvention and, under a mask of piety, neglect morality. A godly man makes conscience of the second table as well as of the first. Number six, a godly man will forgive those who have wronged him, but revenge is sweet to nature. A gracious spirit passes by affronts, forgets injuries, and counts it a greater victory to conquer an enemy by patience than by power. It is truly heroic to overcome evil with good. Romans 12, 21. Though I would not trust an enemy, yet I would endeavor to love him. I would exclude him from my creed, but not from my prayer. Matthew 5, 44. Question. But does every godly man succeed in forgiving, yes, loving his enemies? Answer He does so in a gospel sense, that is, first, insofar as there is assent. He subscribes to it in his judgment as a thing which ought to be done. Quote, with my mind I serve the law of God, Romans seven twenty five. Second, insofar as there is grief, a godly man mourns that he can have that mourns that he can love his enemies no more. Quote, O wretched man that I am, Romans seven twenty four. Oh this bank this base cankered heart of mine that has received so much mercy and can show so little. I have had talents forgiven me, yet I can hardly forgive pence. Third, insofar as there is prayer. A godly man prays that God will give him a heart to love his enemies. Quote, Lord, pluck this root of bitterness out of me, perfume my soul with love, make me a dove without gall. Fourth, insofar as there is effort. A godly man resolves and strives in the strength of Christ against all rancor and virulence of spirit. This is, in a gospel sense, to love our enemies. A wicked man cannot do this. His malice boils up to revenge. Number seven, a godly man lays to heart the miseries of the church. Quote, we we wept when we remembered Zion. Psalm 137, 1. I've read of certain trees whose leaves, if cut or touched, the other leaves begin to contract and shrink and for a time hang down their heads. Such a spiritual sympathy exists among Christians. When other parts of God's church suffer, they feel themselves as if it were touched in their own persons. Ambrose reports that when Theodosius was terminally ill, he was more troubled about the church of God than his than about his own sickness. When Aeneas would have saved And Caius' life, he says, far be it for me that I should desire to live when Troy is buried in its ruins. In music, there are two unisons. If you strike one, you perceive that the other is stirring as if it were affected. When the Lord strikes others, a godly heart is deeply affected. My bowels shall sound like a harp, Isaiah 16 verse 11. Though things go well with a child of God in his own private life, and he lives in a house of cedar, he still grieves to see things go badly with the public. Queen Esther enjoyed the king's favor and all the delights of the court, yet when a warrant pretending bloodshed was signed for the death of the Jews, she mourns and fasts and ventures her own life to save others. Number eight, a godly man is content with his present condition. If provisions get low, his heart is tempered to his condition. Many, says Cato, blame me because I am in need, and I blame them because they cannot be in need. A godly man puts a candid interpretation on providence. When God brews him a bitter cup, he says, This is my diet drink. It is to purge me and do my soul good. Therefore he is most content. Philippians 4.11 Number 9. A godly man is fruitful in good works. Titus two seven. The Hebrew word for godly, chassid, Uh, I assume that's hasid, signifies merciful, implying that to be godly and charitable are of equal force, one and the same. A good man feeds the hungry, clothes the naked. He is ever merciful, Psalm Psalm 37, 26. The more devout sort of the Jews to this day distribute the 10th part of their estate to the poor, and they have a proverb among them. Give the 10th and you will grow rich. The hypocrite is all for faith, nothing for works. Like the laurel that makes a flourish but bears no fruit. Number 10. A godly man will suffer persecution. He will be married to Christ, though he settles no other estate on him than the cross. He suffers out of choice and with a spirit of gallantry. He was 1135. Argurius wrote a letter to his friend, headed From the Pleasant Gardens of the Leonine Prison. The blessed martyrs who put on the whole army of God blunted the edge of persecution by their courage. The juniper tree makes the coolest shadow and the hottest coal. So persecution makes the coal of love hotter and the shadow of death cooler. Thus, a godly man goes round the whole circle of religious duties and obeys God and whatever he commands. Objection. But is it possible for anyone to walk according to the full breadth of God's law and to follow God fully? Answer. There is a twofold obeying of God's law. The first is perfect when all is done as the law requires. This we cannot arrive at in this life. Secondly, there is an incomplete obedience which is accepted in Christ. This consists of four things. First, an approving of all God's commands The commandment is holy and just and good. I consent unto the law that it is good. Romans 7 12 and 16. There is both assent and consent. Second, a sweet delight in God's commands. Quote, I will delight myself in thy commandments which I have loved. Psalm 119 verse 47. Third, a cordial desire to walk in all God's commands. Quote, oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Psalm one nineteen Fourth, a real endeavor to tread in every path of the command. Quote, I turn my feet unto thy testimonies. Psalm 119 verse 59. This, God esteems, Perfect obedience and is pleased to take it in good part. Zacharias had his failings. He hesitated through unbelief, for which he was struck dumb. Yet it is said that he walked in all the commands of the Lord blameless, Luke 1, verse 6, because he cordially endeavored to obey God in all things. Evangelical obedience is true in its essence, though not perfect in its degree. And where it comes short, Christ puts his mercies into the scales. And then there is full weight. Section twenty-three. A godly man walks with God. Noah walked with God. Genesis six, nine. The age in which Noah lived was very corrupt. Quote The wickedness of man was great in the earth, verse five. But it but the iniquity of the times could not put Noah off his walk. Noah walked with God. Noah is called a preacher of righteousness, 2 Peter 2, 5. Number one, Noah preached by doctrine. His preaching, say some of the rabbis, was in this vein, turn from your evil ways so that the waters of the flood will not come upon you and cut off the whole of Adam's race. Number two, Noah preached by his life. He preached with his humility, patience, sanctity. Noah walked with God. Question. What is it to walk with God? Answer. Walking with God imports five things. Number one, walking as under God's eye. Noah reverenced a deity. A godly man sets himself as in God's presence, knowing that his judge is looking on. Quote, I have set the Lord always before me. Psalm 16, 8. David's eyes were here. Number two, the familiarity and intimacy that the soul has with God. Friends walk together and console themselves one with another. The godly make known their requests to God, and he makes known his love to them. There is a sweet intercourse between God and his people. Quote, Our communion, koinonia, is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. 1 John 1.3 Third, walking above the earth. A godly man is elevated above all sublunary objects. The person who walks with God must ascend very high. A dwarf cannot walk among the stars, nor can a dwarfish earthly soul walk with God. Number four, visible piety. Walking is a visible posture. Grace must be cons- conspicuous to the onlookers. He who reveals something of God in his behavior walks with God. He shines forth. In biblical conduct. Number five, continued progress in grace. It is not only a step, but a walk. There is a going on toward perfection. A godly man does not sit down in the middle of his way, but goes on until he comes to the end of his faith. First Peter one nine. Though a good man may be out of the path, he is not out of the way. He may through infirmity step aside, as Peter did, but he recovers by repentance and goes on in progressive holiness. Quote, The righteous also shall hold on his way. Job 17, 9. Use one. See from this how improper it is to describe as godly those who do not walk with God. They want to have Noah's crown, but they do not love Noah's walk. Most are found in the devil's black walk. Many walk, of whom I tell you weeping, that they are and the enemies of the cross of Christ, Philippians 3.18. Number one, some will commend walking with God and say it is the rarest life in the world, but will not set one foot on the way. All who commend wine do not pay the price. Many a father commends virtue to his child, but does not set him a pattern. Number two, others walk a few steps in the good old ways, and then they retreat back again, Jeremiah 6.16. If the ways of God were not good, why did they enter them? And if they were good, why did they forsake them? For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than, after they have known it, to turn from the holy commandment. 2 Peter 2.24 Number three. Others slander walking with God as a melancholy walk, and describe such as are less zealous as more prosperous. This, God accounts blasphemy, The way of truth shall be evil spoken of. 2 Peter 2, two, In the Greek, it is, it shall be blasphemed. Number four. Others deride walking with God as if it were a way of foolish scrup- scrupulosity. What? Do you want to join the holy tribe? Do you want to be wiser than others? There are some people who, if it were in their power, would jeer holiness out of the world. The chair of the scornful stands at the mouth of hell. Proverbs 19.29. Number five, others, instead of walking with God, walk according to the flesh, 2 Peter 2.10. They walk by fleshly opinions and according to fleshly lusts. First, they walk by fleshly opinions. There are six of these. A, that it is best to do what most do, to steer after the course of the world, to be in the mode, not to get in a new get a new heart, but to get into a new fashion. B, that reason is the highest judge and umpire in the matters of religion we must believe no further than we can see. For a man to become a fool that he may be wise, to be saved purely by the righteousness of another, to keep all by losing all, this the natural man will by no means put in his creed. C, that a little religion will serve the turn. The lifeless form may may in policy be kept up, but zeal is madness. The world thinks that religion to be best, which like leaf gold, Is spread very thin. D. That the way which is exposed to affliction is not good. A stick, though it is straight, seems crooked under water, so religion, if it is under affliction, appears crooked to the carnal eye. E. That all a man's concern should be for the present. As that profane cardinal said, he would leave his part in paradise to keep his cardinalship in Paris. And F that sinning is better than suffering. It is a greater discretion to keep the skin whole than the conscience pure. These are such rules as the crooked, crooked serpent has found out, and whoever walks by them shall not know peace. Secondly, they walk according to fleshly lusts. They make provision, they turn caterers for the flesh. Romans thirteen fourteen. Such a person was the emp- emperor Heliogabalus. He so indulged the flesh that he never sat except among sweet flowers mixed with amber and musk. He attired himself in purple, set with precious stones. He did not burn oil in his lamps, but a costly balsam brought from Arabia, very odiferous. He bathed himself in perfumed water. He put his body to no other use but to be a strainer for meat and drink to run through. Thus sinners walk according to the flesh. If a drunken or unclean lust calls, they gratify it. They brand as cowards all who dare not sin at the same rate as they do. These, instead of walking with God, walk contrary to him. Lust is the compass they sail by. Satan is their pilot and hell the port they are bound for. Use number two. Let us test whether we have this characteristic of the godly. Do we walk with God? This may, may be known first, by the way we walk in. It is a private, secluded way in which only a few holy ones could walk. Therefore it is called a pathway to distinguish it from the common road. In the pathway thereof is no death, proverbs 12:28 Second, by a walk in the fear of God, Enoch walked with God, Genesis 5:22. The Chaldean version renders it, "He walked in the fear of the Lord." The godly are fearful of that which may displease God. How then could I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Genesis 39.9 This is not a base, servile fear, but a fear springing from affection. Hosea 3.5 A child fears to offend his father out of the tender affection he has for him. This made holy Anselm say, If sin were on one side and hell on the other, I would rather leap into hell than willingly offend my God. It's also a fear joined with faith. By faith, Noah moved with fear. Hebrews 11, 7. Faith and fear go hand in hand. When the soul looks at God's holiness, he fears. When he looks at God's promises, he believes. A godly man trembles, yet trusts. Fear preserves reverence. Faith preserves cheerfulness. Fear keeps the soul from lightness. Faith keeps it from overmuch sadness. By this we may know whether we walk with God, if we walk in the fear of God. We are fearful of infringing on his laws and forfeiting his love. It is a brand set upon sinners that there is no fear of God before their eyes. Romans 3.18 The godly fear and do not offend. Psalm 4.4 4. The wicked offend and do not fear. Jeremiah 5.23-24 Careless and dissolute walking will soon estrange God from us and make him weary of our company. Quote, What communion hath light with darkness? 2 Corinthians 6.14 Use number three, let me persuade all who wish to be accounted as godly to get into Noah's walk. Though the truth of grace is in the heart, yet its beauty is seen in the walk. Number one, walking with God is very pleasing to God. He who walks with God declares to the world which company he loves most. His fellowship is with the Father, First John 1, 3. He counts those the sweetest hours which are spent with God. This is very pleasing and acceptable to God. Quote, Enoch walked with God, Genesis 5, 24, and see how kindly God took this at Enoch's hand. He had this testimony that he pleased God, Hebrews 11, 5. Number two, close walking with God will be a good means to entice and allure others to walk with him. The apostle exhorts wives so to walk that the husbands might be won by their conduct, 1 Peter 3, 1. Justin Martyr confessed that, he had become a Christian by observing the holy and innocent lives of the early saints. Number three, close walking with God would put to silence the adversaries of the truth. First Peter 2 15. Careless behavior puts a sword into wicked man's hands to wound religion. What a sad thing it is when it is said of professing Christians that they are as proud, as covetous, and as unjust as others. Will this not expose the ways of God to contempt? But holy and close walking would stop the mouths of sinners, so that they should not speak against, uh, should not be able to speak against God's people without giving themselves the lie. Satan came to Christ and found nothing in Him. John 14:30. What a confounding thing it will be to the wicked when holiness is the only thing they have to fasten on the godly as a crime. Quote, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Daniel 6:5. Number four, walking with God is a pleasant walk. The ways of wisdom are called pleasantness. Proverbs three seventeen, is the light not pleasant? Quote, they shall walk, O Lord, in the light of Thy countenance. Psalm eighty nine fifteen. Walking with God is like walking on beds of spices which send forth a fragrant perfume. This is what brings peace. Walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost. Acts nine thirty one. While we walk with God. What sweet music the bird of conscience makes in our breast. They shall sing in the ways of the Lord. Psalm 138.5 Number five, walking with God is honorable. It is a credit for one of inferior rank to walk with a king. What greater dignity can be put upon a mortal man than to converse with his maker and walk with God every day? Number six, walking with God leads to rest. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. Hebrews 4.9 the philosopher aristotle says motion tends to rest indeed there is a motion which does not tend to rest those who walk with their sins shall never have rest they rest not day and night revelation 48 but they that walk with god shall sit down in the kingdom of god luke 13:29 just as a weary traveler when he comes home sits down and rests quote To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Revelation 3.21 A throne denotes honor, and sitting denotes rest. Number seven. Walking with God is the safest walking. Walking in the ways of sin is like walking on the banks of a river. The sinner treads on the banks of the bottomless pit, and if death gives him a jog, he tumbles in. But it is safe going in God's way. Quote, Then shalt thou walk in thy way safely. Proverbs 3.23 He who walks with a guard walks safely. He who walks with God shall have God's spirit to guard him from sin and God's angels to guard him from danger. Psalm 91.11 Number 8 Walking with God will make death sweet. It was Augustus's wish that he might have a euthanasia, a quiet, easy death without much pain. If anything makes our pillow easy at death, it will be this, that we have walked with God in our generation. Do we think walking with God can do us any hurt? Did we ever hear any cry out on their deathbed, that they have been too holy, that they prayed too much or walked with God too much? No. That which has cut them to the heart has been this, that they have not walked more closely with God. They have wrung their hands and torn their hair to think that they have been so bewitched by the pleasures of the world. Close walking with God will make our enemy, death, be at peace with us. When King Ahasuerus could not sleep, he called for the book of the records and read it, Esther one. So when the violence of sickness causes sleep to depart from our eyes, and we can, we can call for conscience that book of records and find written on it, on such a day we humbled our souls by fasting, on such a day we our hearts melted in prayer. On such a day we had sweet communion with God. What a reviving this will be. How may we look death in the face with comfort and say, Lord, now take us up to thee in heaven, where we have so often been by affection. Let us now be by fruition. Number nine, walking with God is the best way to know the mind of God. Friends who walk together impart their secrets to one another. Quote, The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, Psalm twenty five fourteen. Noah walked with God, and the Lord revealed a great secret to him, destroying the old world and saving him in the ark. Abraham walked with God and God made him one of his privy council. Genesis twenty four forty. Quote, Shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I do? Genesis eighteen seventeen. God sometimes sweetly unbosoms himself to the soul in prayer and in the Holy Supper, as Christ made himself known to his disciples in the breaking of bread. Luke 24, 35. Number 10. They who walk with God shall never be wholly left by God. The Lord may withdraw for a time to make his people cry after him the more, but he will not leave them altogether. Quote, I hid my face from thee for a moment, but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee. Isaiah fifty four eight. God will not cast off any of his old acquaintance. He will not part with one that has kept him company. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Genesis 5.24 He took him up to heaven. As the Arabic renders it, Enoch was lodged in the bosom of divine love. Question. What may we do to walk with God? Answer 1. Get off the old road of sin. He that would walk in a pleasant meadow must turn off the road. The way of sin is full of travelers. There are so many travelers on this road that that hell, though it is of a great circumference, would gladly enlarge itself to make room for them. Isaiah 5.14 This way of sin seems pleasant, but the end is damnable. I have, says the harlot, perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Proverbs 7.17 See how with one sweet, the cinnamon, there are two bitters, the myrrh and aloes. For that little sweet in sin at present, there will be a far greater proportion of bitterness afterwards. Therefore, get out of these briars. You cannot walk with God and sin. What fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? 2 Corinthians 6.14 Answer number two. If you wish to walk with God, get acquainted with him. Acquaint now thyself with him. Job 22.21 Know God in his attributes and promises. Strangers do not walk together. Number three, get all differences removed. Can two walk together except they are agreed? Amos three three. This agreement and reconciliation is made by faith. Whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. Romans 3.25 When once we are friends, then we shall be called up the mount like Moses and have this dignity conferred to us to be favorites of heaven and to walk with God. Answer number four. If you desire to walk with God, get a liking for the ways of God. They are adorned with beauty, Proverbs 4.18. They are sweetened with pleasure, Proverbs 3.17. They are fenced with truth, Revelation 15.3. They are accompanied with life, Acts 2.28. They are lengthened with eternity, Habakkuk 3.6. Be enamored with the way of religion, and you will soon walk in it. And answer five if you desire to walk with god take hold of his arm those who walk in their own strength will soon grow weary and tire quote i will go in the strength of the lord god psalm 71:16 we cannot walk with god without god let us press him with his promise i will cause you to walk in my statutes ezekiel 36:27 if god takes us by the hand then we shall walk and not faint isaiah 40:31 There you have it, brother. Section 22 and section 23. uh, A godly man is thoroughly trained in religion and uh, a godly man walks with God. You know, it's funny that I, after having been so far, so long without reading Watson, it's like as soon as we jump back in, we just get hit full in the face with truth. And it reminds me again how. How, how good it is to have these brothers in the faith who've gone before us, who have left us these challenging words to stir us up and to uh, shake us a bit in order to encourage us to walk faithfully. In the section about being thoroughly trained in religion, he lists 10 duties which God calls a godly man to perform. 10 duties. To call his heart to account to be much in private prayer, to be diligent in his calling or his daily work, to set bounds to himself in all things lawful, to care about moral righteousness, that he's acting justly in how he interacts with others and, and dealing fairly with them, to forgive those who have wronged him, uh, uh, and to, to lay to his heart the miseries of the church where he feels the suffering and miseries of other, other children of God, other members of the church body, Um, To be content with his present condition, to be fruitful in good works, and to suffer persecution and to suffer it willingly. Just that list, just that list is so challenging. Uh, I hope you were encouraged by it. I hope you were challenged by it. Uh, I find myself, as I read that list, tagged multiple times in areas where I think I've become a little slack. And I need to redouble my, my efforts to be obedient and to walk carefully. Uh, I hope you have found that to be true as well, that perhaps the Holy Spirit is using these these reminders, these exhortations that are based in scripture to bring to mind places where you have perhaps let something slide that you could now tighten up. Because that's what this is about ultimately. We're reading this book together and I hope it's encouraging to you, but I hope more than anything else, it isn't just an intellectual exercise. It's very easy, and I say this as someone who is surrounded by stacks of books, including several stacks of books I haven't quite read yet, or I've only read bits and pieces of. It's very easy to collect all of this information, to collect all of these uh, uh, treasures of knowledge, and then do nothing with them. As we consider this book together, as we have been looking at it now for the last several months, I hope and I pray that God is using it not just to give you something to think about, but it gives you a track to run on. I hope this is passing your head and moving into your heart in a a particular way, uh, as it is mine, and as I pray it continues to be. Because that's our goal, ultimately. That while there is nothing nothing like the scriptures, and that's where the, the greatest bulk of our meditations should be, We also have the gift and the blessing of godly literature, literature that challenges us, literature that shows us truth, and literature that reveals who we are uh, through the lens of scripture in, in particular ways and in particular applications so that we can become better men. And I pray that that is the case for you. Pray that is the case for all of us. So let's go ahead and close it there. Um, and uh, I look forward to discussing this more with you in person later this week. But let's let's uh, pray over this now. Father, thank you that this word from our brother Thomas is a bracing one. As he very plainly states that if we are to be godly men, we are to walk in a godly way. We are to walk with God. And that we are to walk in a way that is consistent with our profession. Thank you that he has pointed out several particular applications of this truth so that we don't have the luxury of hiding in abstractness and not getting down to the nitty-gritty and the the real day-to-day application of it in our lives. So I pray for my brother and for myself that you will help us to walk as whole and complete and consistent men who not only profess to know God, but who walk in such a way that it is clear that we are walking with you and where we have fallen short father we ask for your grace we ask for your forgiveness we ask for your help to cause us to walk more faithfully thank you that you are rich in mercy and abundant in grace and that it pleases you to answer this prayer because this is your will that we would become holy and righteous not only holy uh, in our in our relationship with you, but righteous in our conduct among others. And I pray that as we do this, people will see our good deeds and praise our Father in heaven. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, brother. Next episode's coming up quick. And then we look forward to, uh, I look forward to talking through it with you later.